As our nation burns with great unrest, we continue to look at the disparities that African Americans face. Today, we're talking racism, the impact of hatred, and health and wellness in the African American community. Time to listen and to learn today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome to Healthy Harmony, where we help you clarify and discuss health tactics to harmonize your life. I'm your host and health coach, Jennifer Pickett, and today my guest is Robin Sullivan. Robin Sullivan is an entrepreneur, health and wellness advocate, and a certified John Maxwell coach. She has been married for 17 years to her supportive husband, Derek, and is a mom to two beautiful girls, Willow Grace and Laurel Bailey. Robin is a former assistant principal and a former home-based family therapist who decided to walk away from her career educating children to educate and empower people in her community to take better control of their health by filling nutritional gaps through quality supplementation. She has helped thousands of people embrace a healthier lifestyle by educating about the root causes of health issues that most Americans face in this country. Robin is also passionate about helping people become the best version of themselves through personal growth and development and also leads and facilitates a racial reconciliation group in her spare time. Please help me welcome my friend, Robin Sullivan. Robin, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you, Jennifer? So good to hear your voice. I'm just so glad we get to do this together. Um, First, I have to say congratulations. I mean, you have had a life-changing, absolutely incredible promotion with the wellness company that you represent. I want to hear all about it. So obviously, you know that I have been working hard in the trenches, um, really helping to spread health and happiness to people for almost seven years now. And, you know, my testimony is truly the, in in my opinion, it's the epitome of just what happens and how God honors your faithfulness with hard work, perseverance, never giving up and believing in yourself and pouring into others. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I have, I have watched you on this journey and I think you really are the definition of pouring into others. This has never been about you. It has always been about others and empowering others. And I think that's why I'm just so excited to celebrate this with you. It's tremendous. Oh, thank you so much. It's such gratifying work when you are able to help people to unleash their full potential. And that's what I've been able to do on my journey. And so it's, it's literally some of the best work I've ever done in my life. It's incredible. Tell me more about your team. I know that you've really empowered others and and helped them find their full potential. So tell me about this amazing team that you have. Well, they are literally the epitome of everyday working men and women, um, men who, men and women who really have in their heart of hearts, you know how you always know that the Lord created you to do something more. Um, and that's a, a, a bit, you know, similar to the way I felt my journey started um, when I started uh, the health and wellness company that we joined is 
I was an assistant principal. I was loving pouring into families and children, loving education. But I always had this nudging from the Holy Spirit that I was supposed to be doing more than that. Um, and so that's what I have found that I've attracted, the type of people that I've attracted to my team is people who they're just longing for more. They're, they want to be better. They want to be better wives. They want to be better husbands. They want to be healthier. They want to take control of their health. They want to create more margin um, in, in their finances. They want to be able to help others around them. They want to be able to make an impact. And I've just honestly helped facilitate people doing just that. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Um, so tell me, I mean, obviously this is in the health and wellness space. Why are you so very passionate about health in the African-American population? Well, you know, my dad, uh, he was a very well-read, well-spoken man. Um, and he poured into me as a little girl um, just tons of knowledge and information. Um, and what I learned as a child is that ignorance in many cases is the cause of suffering. And I feel like in the African-American community and communities of color in general, that you see people disproportionately being impacted by so many different pre-existing health conditions. You've seen it obviously with this current pandemic, um, that it disproportionately impacts those communities for, for many reasons, um, you know, lack of sufficient health care, uh, economic disparities that play a part, um, food deserts. Uh, you've got the certain job types that people have that thrust them into those uh, essential services that we have now deemed them, uh, where people have to work outside the home. They don't have the luxury of working in their backyard like I do. Um, just lower income. So people are, are not able to buy uh, good whole foods. They have to purchase, you know, foods that are latent with preservatives. And you, you also see this just with those communities being filled with liquor stores and fast food restaurants and, and, and not, not the types of foods that you need to be eating to stay well. Right. So we're, we're overfed and we're undernourished in this country. And um, a lot of communities of color are filled with uh, franchises and places of business that, that just uh, facilitate and precipitate the problem even more. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I really like how you um, you emphasize that ignorance is a cause of suffering. And it's one of the reasons that um, I wanted us to have this discussion today, um, because it's time for us to listen and to learn, for everyone to listen and to learn. So why do you think, why are there such great disparities with regard to African-American health? Well, besides all the things I just said, um, I think one of the biggest ones is a lot of the economic despair that is has infiltrated the African-American community for centuries. Um, I think because we honestly in this country haven't dealt with the stain and the original sin of slavery, that we have really struggled with facing these issues head on. And so we've been brushing things under the rug for so many years. And now, um, as you've seen things kind of come to a head in our society um, through a lot of these peaceful protests and even rioting and looting, you know, that none of us agree with, but, you know, Martin Luther King said that rioting is the voice of the unheard. And so when you have a group of people that have been marginalized and oppressed for hundreds of years, um, this is just really the, the fruit of that. It's just all now coming to a head. And the pandemic didn't make it any, it didn't make it any better. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I think you've got so many folks who have been 
um, inside and very uh, frustrated uh, and confused by, by the messages that our government is giving us. And so you've just got so much unrest on so many different levels, and it's all coming to this, this horrific uh, head. Um, so how, so tell me, um, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you're, this is such, it's such a horrific time. And we look and we, we see such unrest and we see people who are doing this really well, who are peacefully protesting. And then we see the horrific riots and, and the, the, the extreme um, violence and um, vandalism that's taking place. So how are you doing in the middle of this horrific time? How is your family doing? Um, my family is doing well. Uh, we, we've suffered with a lot of trauma. Uh, I think anybody that watches, anybody that has a soul and watches that George Floyd video, and I, I'm honestly a big proponent, Jennifer, that everybody on the planet needs to watch the full nine minutes of that poor man's life being snuffed out um, on video. Um, and, I, and I say that because until you can bring about the feelings that you should have when something like that happens, that's the only way that you can begin to become aware because awareness truly does come through feeling. So we've got to start getting in touch with our feelings. I think we've become so numb to things like this happening, including people of color. Like my husband, poor husband, you know, who is a very handsome large black man, I fear for his life every day that he goes out of our house to go fishing. Um, he's an avid fisherman. He has his own boat. But, you know, most people would think, why Why is he out on a boat? How does he own his own boat? You know, so every single, every single time my husband goes out, whether it's for a, a walk or if he's going to run an errand, um, I have to tell you the story. So my husband had a coworker who, whose family member just passed, her father just passed. And so she had to obviously go and take care of her family. Her family doesn't live here in Texas. So she went to Arkansas and she asked my husband if he wouldn't mind stopping by our house and taking care of her, her plants and mowing her lawn because she was going to be gone for several weeks. And my husband obviously happily agreed. is like, sure, I'll take care of that. That's the least I could do, you know. And so he, he comes to me and he says, hey, Robin, I'm, I'm about to go, you know, mow my coworker's lawn. And my mom and I immediately like had this look of panic and terror in our eyes. Like, no, no, you're not. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're getting ready to go mow somebody's lawn? Are you kidding me? And, and my husband just, at first he couldn't really understand it, but this was like literally a couple days after the Ahmaud Arbery killing, or not that he got killed in February, but when it came out. And, um, my husband, you know, was kind of confused and my mom and I were like, no, 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 no. Like you, you, it's not safe for you to go by yourself in some unknown neighborhood and begin caring for someone's backyard. And that's not your property. And someone think that you're a suspect, a, a suspected burglar, like, no, like this is not okay. And, you know, it was really sad because you know, my family and I, we are not, I think a lot of people, they, they look at issues like this and they look at racial relations and they try to just put it in a bucket of maybe it's socioeconomics or, you know, if they weren't in this situation or they were, they were more educated or, and that's, that's not the case. <laughs> no matter what economic background you come from, if you're of a, per if you are a person of color every day, you have to face the fact that you are black. And 
I think that so many people over the years have watched these types of senseless killings in the hands of um, some of our law enforcement that it's been difficult. It's been very difficult for people to even stay in touch with their feelings because they've become numb because it happens so, so often. And so there's, there's a lot of emotions that, that kind of run around our household on a daily basis. A, me, me being concerned for my husband's life. Um, B, me just being heartbroken that, you know, we're, we're 400 years in and we still have not fixed this issue um, as a nation. Um, and, and B and C rather, it, it really pains me that I even have to think about, is it worth my husband being a good patron and a good citizen and a good friend to someone for fear that his life might be taken? Right, right. I mean, it's just sad that you had to go through that whole thought process. I mean, knowing Derek well, I mean, he's one of James's favorite friends. And, um, you know, that's not something that my husband would face. You know, he could easily go to someone's house and mow the lawn and go in and out of their house without anybody questioning. But with Derek, it's different because he is African-American. He is a large black man. So, I, you know, it's sad that you ha- kind of have to go through that, th- that thought process and think ahead. What will people think? And I'm going to tell you, I agree, Robin. I think we have shoved some stuff underneath the rug for far too long far, far too long. And it's heartbreaking. And it's, I think it's so important for us to show empathy. Um, and, and just allow our heart to break for all of the devastation that we're seeing in our country. And I think unity is, is truly the answer here. So what do you, is there anything else that you really wish that everyone understood about racism? I do. I wish that people would have enough compassion and empathy to really dig into the work of understanding the root of all of this. Because when you begin to understand the really, truly the history of our country, um, what our country was built and founded on, then it's not going to be difficult at all for people to begin to understand the implications of systemic racism. This is not something that we can now continue to say, oh, that was back then, or my my family, my, my parents didn't own slaves, or I have about a black friend. Like, we've got to go deeper. We've, we've got to acknowledge some things that historically, it, it was designed for people of color to be marginalized. So it should not be a surprise that you have the type of economic disparities that you do because all of that was done by design. That wasn't just because of some myth that black people maybe are not as capable as whites. And so that's the reason why they're in the situation economically that they're in. That's not the reason. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lot of things underlying uh, pieces and layers and pieces to the puzzle that we have to, we have to be proactive enough and empathic enough to even want to seek and find the information out for ourselves. And that's going to have to take place on the, on the part um, of, of our white brothers and sisters. They, they have to, especially if you're a Christ follower, um, our God loves righteousness just as much as he loves justice and vice versa. He's a, we have a just God. And so if we, if we uphold um, a lot of our values on what's righteous and what's good and what's pure in the eyes of God, then we have to also just as much be passionate about 
what's just in the eyes of God. I, and I think it goes back to, um, especially if you are a Christ follower, looking at God's design and the fact that God created man in his own image and he created all of us equal. It's, it's very, very clear in his word that he created us equal. It's also very clear what our commandment is, and that's to love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so that really kind of kind of strikes me. And have we gotten away from that? So on an individual level, I mean, obviously you, you made a point, we need to address the root of racism, really look at our history and how our country was set up. But as individuals, you know, sometimes this seems, it just seems overwhelming. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Where should we start? There's lots of things that you can do individually and collectively. Um, the first thing I would suggest is just to start dig in, digging into educating yourself. So, um, you know, I started this racial reconciliation group about three years ago. and It was birthed out of just a hard conversation that I had with people who don't look like me that didn't understand um, the whole controversy with Colin Kaepernick years ago, which finally four years later is now coming to a head that people are now understanding like this man wasn't against the American flag ever. That was never the issue. He was just peacefully making a stand for um, being against police brutality, right? And so um, that racial reconciliation group was birthed out of um, you know, some comments that were made about that issue three or four years ago that um, were hurtful to me and for friends that I love and care about, you know, at that point, they made a decision that, hey, I, I want to learn more. I want to I be educated. And so I chose to begin the, that group for that very reason. And so through documentaries, through um, book studies, through uh, biblically-based ra racial reconciliation curriculum, um, <clears throat> I was able to help to uncover some things, I think, for, for people who don't look like me, to help them to have a little bit more, not only education, but but compassion for uh, where we are in this country and, and why people of color have been suffering and why people of color have been hurting for so many years. Um, so I, I definitely think understanding systems of oppression, um, I, I don't think it's the responsibility of African Americans to educate our white brothers and sisters. I think that's something that you, that our white brothers and sisters should take on themselves. I mean, if they truly do care, then I, I think that they should, they should do those things. I mean, we have literally the world at our fingertips with Google and with um, the internet and with so many pieces of literature out there, it's so easy to become more educated and enlightened on these topics. Um, but you've got to want to do the work, you know? Yeah. You've got to be willing, right? Exactly. Um, let's shift somewhat towards um, back towards health and wellness, because I think as we look at, uh, as we look at all of this unrest in our country and we look at the, uh, the anxiety and the anger that, uh, that happens in us as we look at current events and we're trying to figure out our response um, and how we have some reconciliation. How do you think that all of that impacts our health, that, e that emotional state, that extreme emotional state? How do you think that impacts our, our overall health? Oh, I think it has a huge impact. I mean, I think that stress kills. I don't think I know. Stress stress can kill you. 
And I think that um, particularly for people of color, just the amount of stress, internal stress that is happening on a daily basis, particularly for African-American men, I think honestly, it, it, it also is a contributing factor to why African-American Ameri African men suffer from uh, more cases of having high blood pressure. Um, I, there's also some other implications as to why that is, but for sure, I think that's a factor. Um, but I think stress and trauma long-term, it is, is damaging to the body. And so I think all of us really need to be mindful of the information that we're, to, that we're taking in and the, the volume of information that we're taking in. And I've even had to kind of check myself on that because I'm my father's child. I'm a total news junkie. Um, I love making myself informed about things and just understanding what is really going on from different sources as well, not just one news source, but different news sources. And I've had to take a step back from that. Like I, I started to realize, especially being quarantined for four months, I realized like I'm in this house, I'm, I'm listening to this, this cycle of information all day long. I have to take a step back from it. And so I think just monitoring your own personal mental health and mental space, um, but also not burying your head in the sand and, and also giving yourself permission to do the work, um, become more informed, become more enlightened. I think it's a balance. I, I definitely agree. I think it is a balance and there's a time, uh, there's a time, you know, and I think we have to, you know, I look at it as, a, as that practice of mindfulness, really being in tune with your body, with your mind, with your soul, with your spirit, and, and realizing, okay, you know what? I'm over-consuming the news, social media. Here's how it's affecting me. Therefore, here's how it's affecting my family. So I need to take a step back. I need to, you know, I need to put some time limits in place or um, or maybe just take a small break because um, I do think there's a there's a huge gap in trying to be informed and just over consuming and just getting wrapped up and overwhelmed in all the devastation and it just has an effect on our soul don't you think it just it has an effect on our soul yeah for sure and and I and I honestly my biggest piece of advice for myself, um, so hopefully this resonates with other people, is just going back to scripture and making sure that you are rooted in the word um, and that you draw upon the strength of the Lord in every situation. Because while I might be fearful for my husband, you know, I also know that, you know, fear is not of God, you know, fear is of the enemy. And so I have to put my trust in him that he's going to cover and provide a hedge of protection around my husband when he leaves my house, you know? Um, but also, you know, knowing under, and understanding scripture, you know, that says, what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God, you know, Micah 6, 8 says that. And so that also keeps me in a space where, okay, no, I, I want to live out the fruits of the spirit every single day, but I also know that I have to stand up for what's right when I, when I understand what is right and what is just. I love how you beautifully put that because I think sometimes people think it's an either or. You need to seek justice and let your voice be heard, or you need to, you know, uh, show love and kindness. That it's a, it's not, you can't do both. And I think, in this time, we need to do both. It is, it's okay to take a stand, to listen and to learn um, and let our voices be heard in a, in a peaceful manner, but also to, to make sure that we're finding that nourishment 
for our soul. I know that when I get off track and I'm not nourishing my soul with God's word, like it's it's just not good. I'm just so unsettled. Um, so, you know, continuing in, in kind of the same vein, we look at the fact that so many people, there's just so much hatred and anger and bitterness. So how does how does that play a role in our overall health? I mean, how can we move forward if we're seething with anger? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I really believe um, it, it honestly goes back to you truly having an understanding of who and whose you are. So if I know that I am a daughter of the King, you know, I'm a child of God, then it honestly doesn't matter what hateful person, you know, or what hateful thing someone says on social media about people of color. Like I, I get sent stuff like this all the time <laughs> through my friends that are just angry and enraged. Like, can you believe this? Or if I just come across it myself, like I see the silence of my friends is hurtful. The silence of my friends, it's deafening. It's deafening. And so it, it that is painful for people of color. Like for me to have grown up for years, my whole life, and then be in an industry that is filled with people that don't look like me and for there to be so much silence, that in itself is hurtful. But I just have to honestly go back to what does the word of God say about me? What does the word of God say about my children, about my mother, about my husband, about my family, about my community? And then I just really try to turn that pain into purpose, which is why we've reached the top of the company and then started all over again in the middle of a global pandemic. Cause I said, you know what? I'm going to take this pain and this trauma and I'm going to turn it into something good. I just love that, that pain, uh, into purpose. Um, I think what resonated with me the most, and it's one of the reasons I really wanted us to have this discussion on the podcast is, you know, as I have just prayed about this, okay, what, what should my response be? And, and oftentimes when I get so overwhelmed, I just kind of shut down because I don't know what to do. And so as I just prayed about this, it was very clear that I need to listen and I need to learn. And so thank you for just opening up this discussion and reminding us that silence is very, very hurtful, that we need to speak out, that we we uh, need to seek justice, um, just like God's word reminds us to, and do so in a loving and kind manner. I mean, I love that verse that you, that you brought up. It's one of my favorites. Um, and I love how you have just continued you're you're in your team and your team is primarily african-american and i know the heart of your team i know several of the individuals on your team absolutely amazing people just like you are with pure hearts and god has truly blessed your efforts so to see that happening in the middle of a pandemic and for you to get this big huge promotion this life-changing promotion is so it's just so exciting um Robin, as we start to wrap things up, tell us a little bit more about this racial, this racial reconciliation group, because I think it's a, a really good avenue. And how can, how can we continue to get involved and to listen and learn and then to speak out? Yeah, so it was a group that I had facilitating um, in my home for the past three years. We would meet once a month. And like I said, we would 
meet and watch different documentaries or different programming. Um, uh, we would read different books. We would have just different discussions about maybe hot topics that were going on uh, in, our, in our world at that moment. Um, and we also have a biblically-based curriculum called Be the Bridge. Natasha Morrison is the writer of the book, Be the Bridge. And she also has a really awesome uh, Facebook platform. It's a group that people can join and um, they just learn and they listen and they grow. Um, so that's a really great platform as well um, to tap into. But now that all of this is happening, happened with uh, the pandemic and people are still kind of settling in their homes. And honestly, I have an elderly mother that lives with me, so I'm, I'm still not opening my home up uh, to, to large groups of people. I've decided to push my racial reconciliation group to a virtual format. So starting at the end of June, um, we will begin meeting uh, via Zoom virtually once a month and kind of doing the same thing that I did in my home for the past three years. But this will give uh, other people the ability who don't live in, in my uh, home state of Texas or in D the DFW area to be able to get involved. And, and really, it's just coming with a heart um, that's open and a genuine spirit of wanting to um, lament and to come together as one. You know, Second uh, Corinthians 5.16 says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so it should all be, we should all be making this a part of our, our business to be in the ministry of reconciliation. Um, if we know, if we know God and we love Jesus, then we have to make this a part of, of, of our of our mission and our ministry is to to help fix this so that the world that our children end up leading it doesn't look like the one we live in now yes god that was so beautifully put just that this is a, a ministry of reconciliation and one that we all should be involved in um and um i, I really appreciate you uh, opening my eyes to so many things and allowing me just an inside look to what you're facing right now again i think it's time for us to listen and to learn so guys i want to make sure you heard the uh the be the bridge facebook group is that correct uh robin Okay, so that Be The Bridge Facebook group that you can get involved in uh, to listen and to learn and, and to be a part of this beautiful reconciliation process. And we're just going to continue to pray that that reconciliation um, will take place, but it starts with each and every one of us. Robin, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. Such a good, powerful discussion. Um, thank you for being so open um, with us. Uh, I want to make sure that people know where to find you because I have a feeling after this, people are really going to want to connect with you. So uh, where can they connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on social media. Uh, Facebook's my biggest platform, but I'm also on Instagram. But Robin Con Sullivan is, is my Facebook name. And um, obviously, you can reach me by email uh, if you just have questions about the Racial Reconciliation Group. I think you, Jennifer, are going to be joining me in this Racial Reconciliation Group. So I am, if, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so if you guys, um, if you're followers, obviously, of Jennifer and her awesome podcast, then you can always get with Jennifer, too, and she can lead you to uh, the information that you'll need to join our Racial Reconciliation Group online. 
Most definitely. Robin, thanks for joining us. Guys, as always, remember to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at InspireHealthyHarmony.com. You can always join in the discussion on the Facebook group, Inspire Healthy Harmony, and check out the website, InspireHealthyHarmony.com. So thank you for joining us. Remember to show kindness. Let's continue to listen and to learn. Until we meet again, have a healthy and happy day. Bye, y'all.